Hi, my name is Ewan Webster. I'm the president and CEO of Thesis Gold, TAU on the Venture Exchange. And we are an advanced stage exploration project in north central British Columbia. It's a high-grade epithermal gold-silver system in the historic Tudagon mining district. It's road accessible, three and a half million ounces currently, uh, with a lot of potential for growth there. We've just gone through a transformative merger with the company to the south of us, Benchmark Meadows. And we have a very strategic six to 10 month plan ahead of us with some significant milestones, new resource, a new PEA. So very good opportunity for future shareholders to get involved in the story at this point. Brilliant. That's, that's quite a good introduction, actually. Well done, Ian. Uh, hello. Welcome to London. How Thanks. are you? Very good. <laughs> we've not spoken to Matt before, so um, no. I think there's a few things I want to get out of this. I want to understand a little bit about you and your background. So what have you, what have you been doing previously? So originally from Scotland, uh, I am, I'm a geologist by background, technical geologist, um, first class honors degree from the University of Glasgow, and then had aspirations of becoming a professor and uh, went on to do a PhD time at yet. University of Calgary. Uh, pretty quickly realized that wasn't for me, but uh, had a love for exploration and I uh, had a brief stint teaching in the Yukon uh, at a college there in Whitehorse, and then from there went on to be a kind of consulting geologist for a number of different projects through North and South America, various different deposit types and stages of development before joining uh, the group that I'm currently with. And that was, you know, my main role was actually the chief geologist for Benchmark Meadows. And... So helped take that from what was probably initially 100,000 ounces through to three and a half million ounces, but got the opportunity to step away and become the CEO of Thesis Gold, the original Thesis Gold, right. a few years ago now. Um, we acquired the ranch project and, you know, we've been quickly uh, driving that forward as well. So Right. But we've come together. Thesis and Benchmark have come together. And um, tell us what the plan was. What did you? Why did you think that would be a good idea? And, and what are you trying to do? I think really scale is what it comes down to. Um, you know, there's never a perfect time for for mergers, but I think this particular merger really made sense. I mean, the the two projects are adjacent to one another. We've created a district scale land position. Benchmark's lawyers project have a fantastic foundation of three and a half million ounces with a very solid PEA. Um, what the ranch project brought to that was you know, a little bit earlier stage pre-resource but all the blue sky potential really and some high grade ounces right at surface so it's uh, it, it, it seems like a very natural fit and you know the concept is really take two good projects and make one kind of world class asset right. and I think the plan that we have in place over the next year is really going to demonstrate that this collective um, asset really has the, the scope together. So why is it work, why is it working? So sometimes when you see these stories where one one company joins another company and they come together and it just doesn't work. It's like, it's like the joke is, you know, two $100 million companies are coming together and to create one $100 million company. It's <laughs> like, so why why is it work? What's this got about going for it? I mean, I, I think it, it part, some of those mergers, I mean, M&E in our, our space, I think is, is definitely needed. Um, but some of that, those transactions, in my opinion, you know, you're putting together two projects that don't necessarily gel very well, and you end up in the exact scenario that you're talking about. Whereas these two projects are right next to each other, complement one another very well, and really have the potential to be something very significant. Right. Okay. And the other the other thing that happens when you kind of get go from one project to two two projects is 
It, it, it is can be framed as an asset. It can also be a liability because the, the, the capital that you need to deploy uh, can be prohibitive in, in, in the sense that there better be a plan there and there better be a sequence um, to that and there better be some creative value generated off the back of it. So again, talk us through what you were trying to do there. Yeah, I think that is critical, honestly. Um, and we've been very strategic about what we are trying to accomplish here post-merger. Um, we've just wrapped up our drill program last for the summer, fall. Uh, we completed about just under 45,000 meters. And that was drilling split between the two projects. Right. On the lawyers project, it was all deep drilling to build out what will be an underground resource there. They will significantly improve uh, the economics around the project. And then the, the second part of that was on the ranch project, um, basically targeting near surface, high grade mineralization again to to really bring higher grade ounces forward in the open production pit. portfolio. Open pit, right. exactly. Okay. So the drilling this year was very strategically planned. We accomplished what we were set out to do. That will all feed into what will be a global resource across both projects for the right. first time. And that right now is slated for early Q2 next year. And I think whatever we put out next year for the global resource, it will be very much a starting point. I think we're going to be able to demonstrate that, hey, we're at this, but there's a clear pathway to many more ounces. And most of those are going to be coming from the ranch project. Simultaneously, we will also be working on an updated PEA that will pull in, you know, because the, the original PEA on the lawyers project was just open pit. Yeah. So we're looking to bring in those higher grade ounces from the underground plus the high grade ounces from ranch. And I think you're going to see the metrics around this updated PEA improve materially. So with, with I get the kind of underground component and the open pit component. And so how close are we? Are we talking about one operation ultimately, but out of the gate, clearly not. Uh, well, I don't imagine it's going to be that way out of the gate. So how, again, do you, you go through the economic studies? What are you planning for in terms of that? sequencing because that, that's what interests me because the, the cash flows in and the financing of that are going to be critical you want as much of it to be self-financing as possible but initially clearly not possible so how, how do you think about that so it's a very good question and to your previous question about sometimes you put two assets together and you end up spending more money this is not the case at all because the concept here would be that we have a just a centralized milling facility mm. right now is projected to be on the lawyers project and i think for the moment we, we just leave that where it is mm. um but we will just truck the ore from the ranch project and it's about 24 kilometers it's basically all downhill apart from a little uptick at the end to get to the mill side but that those ounces will probably be the first ounces through the mill um and then during year one We'll be pushing a decline in to get access to those underground ounces on the lawyers yeah. project and, and very cost effective decline i mean three to five million dollars okay. so it's, there's no spirals there's no shaft it's yeah. pretty straightforward right uh that production will come online year two and you know then the open pits on the lawyers project will be somewhere down that production schedule and i don't have those exact details for no, you yet but early. in generalities that's what it would look like because this guy's what's been quite interesting and you you will have been looking around at the market and sort of saying companies blowing up their balance sheets or looking at economic studies which come in at you know 30 50 percent higher than the last set etc and in terms of you know when and how and how much of the capital you deploy in terms of 
advancing the entire project will be you, you play by ear I, in, 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 in a sense, right? Because those, those cheap, quick answers on, in, the, in the open pit is where I guess it's gonna, the, the, the fortunes will be made in terms of cost of capital availability. But I guess what interests me in it, when, a, when a company in a position like that is with the economic studies, you've got to have a lot of flexibility to that given the market that you're witnessing around you. So does that, does that cost more? Does it take longer? Was it just a case of optionality within the same economic study? You mean for? I mean, you, you're going to go through, okay, we're going to do a revised PEA yep. and then presumably a PFS and then presumably, I know it can be simple, but presumably some kind of bank will feasibility. So, sure. so you've got a bit of time there. Yeah. And I'm just so conscious looking around the marketplace as an ex-banker, the cost of capital is going nuts. The options are available are few and far between at the moment. And maybe that changes. But in terms of planning the best sequence of events in terms of how you build this thing out, you've got to be mindful of that, cost of capital, yeah. et cetera. So the optionality you're going to need in those economic studies is going to be greater, so therefore more work, yeah. presumably. And that's what I was asking. Does that slow things down for you, or is it going to happen concurrently? I think, you know, we do play by year. I think that's the simple answer to this. I mean, with the... For, from our strategic plan that we have in place at the moment is is get to the resource next year early Q2 get to the PEA early Q3 uh, and then we can reassess when we get to that point what the market looks like um, in the interim all of the baseline work is, is still kind of ongoing at Lawyers it's actually complete at Ranch it will be mostly complete by Christmas time next year so right. that aspect of things is, is moving ahead which gives us the flexibility to then you know, if we want to move to pre-fees quickly or feasibility, then we have that opportunity to do that and the EIA process. Um, but I, I don't, I, I think I can't commit to that just now until, no. we, like you said, until we see what the, the general markets look like and yeah. what those economics around the project specifically look like, then right. we'd be in a much better, more informed position to make those decisions. Right. If the data changes, you can change your mind, right? Exactly. And where with cash at the moment in terms of being able to do the things you need to do between now and the new PEA and the revised um, resource? So quite a lot of accruals and stuff coming in for the drill yep. program that we've just yep. finished up. Um, so maybe the simplest way to explain it is going into 2024, we'll have about $9 million, um, mostly hard dollars in the treasury. And that will fund us right through the resource and the yep. PEA. So we'll be able to achieve all of those milestones okay. with the current capital that we have. And do you need to do any more drilling? Do you want to do any more drilling? Will you be getting some flow through coming through? So th that kind of plays into your question about... How we'll you see. <laughs> yeah, because we do... I mean, if we we're going yeah. to go to pre-fees and feasibility study, then honestly, I mean, the resource that we put out next year will be very robust. I mean, most of it's going to be M&I. Um, but obviously to get a feasibility level, some of that will have to be upgraded and most of it would be on the ranch project, but that's also where a lot of the blue sky yeah. potential is. So, you know, I'd like to continue to demonstrate the growth potential on that project. Have you been able, obviously since the, the company coming together with the two companies, um, I'm so interested in the kind of the cap, the, the corporate structure here in terms of the shareholder register and whether or not you kind of feel you've rotated those shareholders who will leave are they rotated out of this thing or have you attracted a new type of uh shareholder and what's that what's that profile look like so i mean yeah we there was a bit of shareholder overlap between the two companies right. originally uh, yeah. given that they were same part of the world exactly so yeah. i mean th that was kind of logical um 
and we've seen some uh, funds uh, and you know cycle through the story now, um, and we've brought some new investors in, and really, you know, getting out now and telling the story and marketing and. Because I think a lot of people were familiar with either benchmark or thesis, yeah, uh, or maybe both, but don't really quite yet, you know, understand what the potential here is by having these assets combined and getting out, doing interviews with, you know, yeah. um, going right now or in Monday. Well, I'm going to explain that. Let's, now's a great time to talk about it. So let, let's talk about the sum of the parts, right? So one on one equals three. So the one on one equals three because of what? What? What savings or what? What upside to this? Just in simple terms. In terms of savings. Yeah, I mean, savings, I mean, we've projected that between, uh, by combining the projects over the next two years, we'll save about $40 million. And and that's not really, that's not coming from G&A or anything. That is purely coming from single geoscience programs, engineering, baseline work, um, single permit and pathway consultation process. There's considerable savings to be to be right. had there. That's a nice lump sum, and there's obviously there will be GNA savings. You saying? Yep. These employing two of everything. Sure. Um, which is great. But but in terms of what 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 else about the the upside, the scale? So so the cost savings is one thing. Yeah. But the scale of the opportunity and the speed to which you can deliver that, what does that look like? Do you feel in terms of having two separate entities versus one? I mean, that's exactly it. That's all the upside. I mean, we would to, the two independent companies on individual paths moving forward, independent resources, but by putting them together, you know, the, the potential there is for just a much larger entity. Um, and moving, bringing both together allows us to streamline permit and pathway and, and all of that good stuff. Because you can imagine nobody wants to permit two projects adjacent to one another either. And no, yeah. the government's not going to go for that. So. Um, this allows us to accelerate that the baseline works basically. Okay, so the I guess the the potential scale or the theory or the thought of the scale would what gives you better access to capital, access to different yeah. type of capital, different cost of capital. I think that's that, exactly it. That's yeah. the idea. All of the above, yeah. Right. Okay. And how are you finding? Oh, so again, early days. Sure. I get it. We're going to reassess as we go along. Yeah. But in, in, in terms of the sort of conversations, you're here in London, you're, you're, you're talking to people, talking to investors, shareholders, and you've you know, been trotting around Europe as well. So the, the general mood is a bit risk-off at the moment. Sure. But they are still capable of saying, look, when the market comes right, here's what we're looking for. Here's what we need. Have you got some of the things that they're saying that they're looking for? Indeed. I mean, I think the story now is very well received. Um, you know, we'll, I think we're going to be able to have a, a significant resource here that yeah. people want to see, like the type of scale that you want to see that is going to attract large corporates. What's the PA? Remind me of the PA numbers. I, mean, I know it's the old PA, but yeah. broadly, the starting point is what? It's a 12-year life of mine at about a gram and a half head grade gold equivalent. Right. After tax NPV of 589 million Canadian and after tax IRR of 24% with right. a 2.8 year payback. Those numbers are going to improve materially right. uh, by bringing these two projects together. Okay, um, and the PA, new PA will be ready when? August next year. Right, okay. So we, we, we've got about nine, ten months to, yeah. to wait for that, but materially improve because of the, the well, I guess, the, 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 the two coming together, which, which you've organized. Yeah. Um, okay, so you, you, obviously gold market has been 
Well, gold's fine. Gold's fine. Gold equities. But there's a complete disconnect between gold. Yeah. And yeah. So, so what? So what? What? What gives? I mean, something's got to give. I think there's going to be. I say you said earlier, a bunch more M and A needed, or maybe some of these companies need to go back into the back of the drawer. Some, some, somewhere. That's that's good for you guys, right? It's good for funders because they're not sort of deploying capital and and shareholders not deploying capital on on crappy little projects. Um, you do you, do you th- and where you are, you're surrounded by some big names there. I mean, you're in the right part of the world as well, aren't you? We're in a great part of the world. I mean, where we are, and that kind of north central British Columbia, there's mm-hmm. been about five billion dollars worth of M and A in the last five years alone. You just saw the new Chris Newmont deal cool. go through. I think Newmont's keeping all of those BC assets. Um, part of the reason I really like the Tudigon where we are. So, in, in terms of, I mean, I'm a geologist, I can get into the geology, but the we're in this Dakin terrain and. We're on the eastern side of the Tikin terrain, and, and everybody's familiar with- There's this with... horseshoe type. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah, I kind of came up with that as a, a bit of a marketing tool, because everybody's familiar with the Golden Triangle. Yeah. But, um, and there's been billions and millions of dollars spent out yeah. here exploring, but in the Tudigon, which is the same rock, same age of mineralization, same style as mineralization, it's seen a fraction of those exploration dollars. But now that we're spending money there, we're exploring and have been for the last kind of five years, I think we've been able to demonstrate that, hey, there are large deposits here. Mm-hmm. And in terms of the camp, the jurisdiction, the infrastructure, I mean, we tick all the boxes to to make this uh, you know, tier one jurisdiction um, that would be very attractive. Right. Okay. Well, st- stand out here so far. I hope you stand out here next year. Appreciate you coming on uh, Shane's story. Pleasure. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate it.